Welcome to today's Word of Mom Radio here on the Word of Mom Media Network. I'm your host, Dory DiCarlo, and you know we are here week after week, show after show, breaking those myths that mompreneurs and businesswomen, especially those of us building our businesses from home, that were dabbling in between bake sales and getting our nails done, were not. We are smart, we are savvy, and we are sharing the wisdom of women in business and in life, and I'm looking forward to introducing you to today's guest. Natalie Runyon is a mid-40s mompreneur. She runs Well and Wealthy, which helps midlife women realize greater happiness and productivity in their healing journey from depression and anxiety alongside her 25-year corporate career. After experiencing her own mental health and self-worth struggles in her 20s and 30s and 40s, Natalie finds joy serving at her highest level when she builds connections with well and wealthy community members through healing. And she's living in New York with her spouse and two sons, but right now coming to us from Pennsylvania. So with all that being said, Natalie, welcome to Word of Mom Radio. So glad to be here. Thank you. It's my pleasure. So I would love for you to take us on your journey to tell us about Well and Wealthy and how you started and what your mission really is. Thank you uh, for for the opportunity. Well and Wolfie started about five years ago um, out of the experience of the founder who who I bought the business from and her own journey and experience with depression. It was a five-year journey for her to recover. And through the process of consulting with therapists, medical professions, and her support system, she realized the importance of self-care in healing from depression. You know, when we're talking about self-care, it looks different depending on where you are in your journey. So someone who is experiencing deep, deep depression, who can't find the energy to get out of bed, all it feels like is that they can sleep all the time. You know, their self-care is going to look very different from someone who is further along in their healing journey. So when we talk about you know, the basics of self-care, I just want to stress that it can mean different things to different people. So for someone who is early in their healing journey, getting out of bed in the morning, taking a shower, that might be, you know, successful self-care for for the day. For those who are, you know, um, further along in their healing journey, it might just be that they need to start caring for their for their physical body, eating healthfully um, again, and getting enough rest. So, so it's really about uh, what we do at Well Well and Wealthy. It's really about um, trying to talk about self care as a key building block to getting back to happiness and productivity in women's healing journeys from depression and anxiety. So, and it's all about daily consistent actions around self care, and 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 those build are are the key building blocks that we like to start with. And so when you start to care for yourself, it is an act of self-love. And that's what we try to frame daily consistent actions around self-care as. It's, it's a one small, small action of saying, I love you to yourself, right? And so over time, these actions engender increasing love for yourself 
and then have a multiplier effect on your self-confidence and on your self-worth. And so Well and Wealthy is really about helping people along that journey and reframing daily self-care around actions of self-love with an overall goal to improve self-esteem, to improve self-worth. Because when you have solid love for yourself, you have, you're building a resiliency against future anxiety and depression. What made you want to acquire Well and Wealthy? Oh man, I just love the mission. I loved the frame around living a healthy life and that being wealth. Reframing wealth more than just the narrow lens of typically how it is viewed around financial assets, but really looking at a holistic health wealth is, is what I like to say and taking a much more holistic view of that. So I actually have eight areas that I believe holistic health wealth comprises of. I'll talk about those a little bit later, but it's, but it's really that frame um, and, and, and what drew me to the brand. And then once I started getting deeper into the business itself, I just loved what the founder had built and she was ready to hand it over to somebody else to, to kind of help it take it to the next stage. And so um, it's really just been an absolute joy to take something that someone else built, right, and then take it to the next level. We talk so often about the fact that self-care is not selfish. So why do you feel it is so important in the healing from depression and anxiety that makes self-care such a critical component. I fundamentally believe that self-care is self-love. And the reason why it's not selfish is because I'm a very deeply spiritual person. And in my own life experience, I've learned that I cannot truly love others unless I love myself. And let me explain that. Before, when I had, when I was really struggling with anxiety and in my 20s, 30s, and 40s, um, and, you know, over time, I had, I, I've had self, low self-esteem in, in my life, and I would try to achieve my way to, to be loved by others, to be appreciated by others, because I didn't love myself. And what I learned through my 20s, 30s, and 40s is that constant achievement necessity led to extreme burnout. And so I really had to come back to, like, the core of what's going on here. And so in that journey, I've also um, become a, a strong person, person of faith. And, you know, in some sacred texts, there, there, and, in, and I think in all the religions that I've been exposed to, there's an underlying ethic of love. Um, and in one of the sacred texts, there's a belief around, you know, love, God, higher power, creative intelligence, whatever you want to call it, love neighbor, love stuff, right? And so I believe... No one more, no one aspect of those are is more important than the other. They're all necessary. Um, and so, when it comes to loving neighbor and loving self, I really believe that in order to truly demonstrate love, you have to love yourself. Because when I was demonstrating love through achievement, I was really trying to take demonstrate demonstrate love of neighbor for my own selfish reasons, right? To drive my ego so that I, so that I could start to love myself. And so. If that makes sense, my, my philosophy has been the 180. In order to love someone else, you really have to start with your own self. I so agree with that. My mother always said that you cannot be a friend to somebody unless you are a friend to yourself first. 
And so it's the same thing. Without loving yourself, you can't, you don't understand what love is to be able to give it to someone else. You talked earlier about holistic health wealth. And I think that that's a fabulous term. I really do. Because I think when people think of wealth, they think of money. And they don't realize that your health wealth is so much more valuable than money. So I would love for you to talk with us about it. Yeah. First of all, I think in this post-COVID environment or the endemic era of of COVID, people have realized the value of health, right? So I do think that there's been quite a shift over, over the last two years. But yes, so to talk about holistic health wealth, I really look at it from through, through eight different lenses. So one is spiritual, one is physical, one is emotional, one is mental, one is financial, one is community, and one is, and the final one is impact. So I'll, let me explain a couple, um, and, and, you know, please stop me if I, if I go into too much detail, but I think physical health wealth, we can all, um, that's probably the one that's, that's easiest to understand. Um, there, there's this quote that I that I saw uh, a while ago, and it and it's and I saw it on India.com, but it says, "Take care of yourself. It's the only place you have to live." Right. And so, if we think about our bodies as the house for our soul, for our heart, for our brain, which also comprises of our emotional state and our mental state, right? That we have to take care of our body. Physical wealth, in many cases increases in importance with age, and it's so easy to take for granted. So, and, and I, um, so when we think about physical health wealth, we're really talking about how are we treating our bodies? Are we, and when it comes back to self-care, how are we moving our bodies for, for physical health wealth? What are we putting into our bodies in terms of liquids and foods to make sure that our body is nourished? And so this is around physical health wealth. And how it relates back to self-care is making sure that you are eating nutritious foods, making sure that you are staying hydrated so that you can optimize your physical health wealth. The other, and finally, the other aspect to physical health wealth, you know, as it relates to self-care and the building blocks that I mentioned earlier is rest. You have to have rest in order to optimize your physical health. So that's kind of one area of holistic health wealth. The next one I, I would talk about is spiritual health wealth. There, there's this quote that I, that I love to kind of illuminate the point, and it says, it was the quote by Nancy Evans, there is a spiritual connection to good health, and it's not just physical. So spiritual health wealth is having good standards um, in, in, as it relates to your mind, body, and spirit. So if we think about the mind, body, and spirit connection, right, we've already talked about physical health wealth, aka the body. Um, Spiritual is really about the spirit, and it comes back to self-love. Like, how are you nurturing your spirit? Are you listening to that inner child and what that inner child's desires are? As we grow up, that inner child's voice, we think we're conditioned to think that, oh, it's it's silly or that we're too mature for that or we're too old for that. And I think that's a mistake. Spirit is that, is that inner child's voice to want to laugh and have fun and just find joy in the average day-to-day life experience, in the mundane, if you will. And so I really think that spiritual health wealth is really getting back to 
the connection with self and the connection in the inner child and the inner voice, because I believe that's where our intuition lives. I believe there's a direct connection between our intuition and spirit. And again, it comes out, at least in my experience, in that inner child's voice. The next area is mental health wealth. And I want to point that mental health wealth is not a destination. It's a journey. It's a process. So it's not about where you go. It's about learning through the journey. So I believe we're always working on our mental health wealth. But what do we mean by that? So having wealth mentally is about how you do things. And that means that you are doing things good for your brain. Um, and, there's, and there's definitely, and if we think about the brain and as it relates to um, mental health wealth, there's one medical profession who describes mental health as the hardware and the emotional health as the software. I don't know if that makes sense, but if you think about the brain being the, the hardware in a computer, that it's the, it's the thing that has the memory, it's the things that does the, the processing, right? Um, like you think about Intel as a, as, a, as a microchip processor. But then the emotional health is the, is the software. It's the things that actually help us to manifest uh, what we're trying to achieve in, in our life. And so therefore, mental health is about the functioning of the brain because it is the central processing unit of the body. And so having mental health wealth enables you to have a productive life, set goals and achieve them, and really adapt to change and maintaining healthy connections with others. And, and, and so part of this is it goes back to the self-care, getting the rest, um, and this is the mind, body, and spirit, right? And those self-care actions have a multiplier effect. So getting enough rest, giving your body and your mind nutritious foods, giving it enough nourishment so that it can be optimized. And then the final area, uh, and this and this is the, the last area that'll cause, and we can go into the other areas if, if you like, but I just want to be mindful of time, is emotional health wealth. Having wealth emotionally is having increased awareness about the feelings in response to the situations in, you encounter. Um, early in, in my late 20s, I uh, joined a 12-step program. And one of the things that I, that I learned early in my recovery journey was that you can't control much in life. The only thing you can control is how you respond to life situations, right? And this is what emotional health wealth is. So it is closely tied to mental health, but emotional well-being is, is being aware of your feelings, having the ability to process, manage, and accept them in the moment, and then expressing them back. And for, from, in my experience, this has been a lifelong journey, and it's that constant take two steps forward. Sometimes it's taking three steps back, taking five steps forward, and taking three steps back, and sometimes I'm making monumental leaps. Um, but, but it's that ebb and flow of life, uh, in my experience, is that emo emotional health wealth. And that's because sometimes life is going great and sometimes life sucks, right? So, and again, how do you respond to those situations? That's really what emotional health wealth is. And so those are just a couple of examples and deep dives into um, the different areas. And they were fabulous deep dives. But on that note, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to say thank you to our sponsors, and we'll be back here in just a moment on Word of Mom Radio. Get early access to Paws of Fury, The Legend of Hank on digital today. Buy or rent the heroic animated adventure that's nonstop fun for the entire family. 
Michael Sierra and Samuel L. Jackson voiced the hilarious comedy about an underdog samurai's journey to become top dog in a world full of cats. Rated PG from Paramount Pictures. She is brave. She is bold. She is you. And we want to tell your story. Are you ready to share your journey with us on Word of Mom Radio? Go to wordofmomradio.com and register as a guest. We want to tell your story because when you win, we all win. We all know a survivor. Some of our friends and family have made it through difficult times. Some of us don't make it. Losing a loved one to cancer, a car accident, or any other unfortunate event can be crippling and unavoidable. But one of the hardest subjects to talk about is suicide. Too often our youth decide that leaving this place is easier than facing the struggle forced upon them every day. More than one in four children go through some form of bullying or another. Most of us survive with scars, but for some, the inner demons created cannot be recognized or treated in time to ensure they make it through. Bullying in every form is very much avoidable. It starts with me, and it starts with you. This is Kelly Carius from No Such Thing as a Bully, reminding you to do your part when you see bullying happen. If you don't know what that is, call 403-447-4404 or go to nosuchthingasabully.com. Don't let the name fool you. Stadiumbags.com is not just for sports fans. Our clear bags make it easier for you to get into any venue that you go to. And in today's world where we are so concerned about germs, the materials that our bags are made with are strong enough to stand up to the solvents that you can use to clean your bag so you know you come home safely. So check out stadiumbags.com. You'll see why we are the clear choice because safety, it's in the bag. And we're back here with Natalie Runyon talking about wealth and wealthy. I really like what you, you know, sometimes life is going great and sometimes life sucks. That is the antithesis of life. It's an amazing thing how you never know, but how you respond to it is what is going to turn things around. So I like that you've kind of pointed that out, that you can't control much in life except how you respond. Because my son said that to me once about my daughter, that she's responsible for her actions. I'm responsible for my reactions. It reordered my life. I was in my 40s, and it really did. While we were talking earlier, you had mentioned something about maniacal prioritization. And I'd love for you to talk about that as a mechanism in, in achieving success in your life within that well and wealthy community. And I'm going to say this in the context of self-care, because that's really what, but I think you could use the concept um, in, in really any situation. In fact, I was in corporate America at a job 15 years ago, and the guy was, you know, used the term in trying to encourage his leadership team to think very intentionally about what the core goals were. And he was the head of real estate at a Wall Street bank. <laughs> So just to kind of give you uh, the total opposite frame here. But I like to talk about maniacal prioritization as a key mechanism for achieving success. And it's something that comes with a multiplier effect. So as it relates to self-care and someone who is struggling with depression and is still very deep in their depression, it can feel daunting to get out of bed in the morning and to take a shower, right? When we start talking about self-care, and I want to be clear here, Well and Wealthy does not employ doctors. It does not employ mental health therapists. 
it is simply a way to exist and to help people in their recovery journey alongside who they're the medical professionals that they're working with to recover from depression and anxiety. So I wanted to say that as it comes back to maniacal prioritization. So if you think about someone who, when it feels daunting to get out of bed in the morning, let's just use that one. Maniacal prioritization is about determining actions almost that are so easy to achieve when you're that deep in depression. So you can have, you can point to one success of the day. So if there's someone who is so deep in their depression and it feels daunting that to get up in the morning, then getting up out of bed to take a shower is a huge success in the course of their daily self-care, right? And so when we talk about maniacal prioritization, it's looking at self-care and say, okay, what is one step that I can take to start to heal, to improve my healing journey? And so I, 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 I make it super simple around, you know, self-care. And so the idea is that if, and, and the other thing about maniacal prioritization is I also encourage people to think about starting someone using the example, someone who is, you know, still early in their recovery journey is selecting one action for the day. So get out of bed, take a shower. That's one action. And the, the tendency is, oh, okay, well, what can I add tomorrow? No, 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 no. You want, to you want to do that consistently for at least three days before you add something else. So you have three days in a row where you have been able to get out of bed and take a shower. That's three days of success and establishing a habit before you think about adding something else. And so when we talk about maniacal prioritization, it is both selecting very small actions, and doing them consistently over a period of time before you think about adding another self-care action. So, and let me give you an example. Pre-COVID, I was about 15 pounds overweight. Uh, I lived in New York City, going in, um, you know, going into the office, two young children doing all the things. We get kicked out um, and say, stay at home. Kids are out of school, right? And so I had to say, well, all of a sudden I, I felt like I had a little bit of extra time because I no longer had to commute. And so I said, what can I do for my health? Because I had been a few pounds overweight, heavier than I wanted to be. And I just said, I'm going to start walking for 10 minutes a day. And, that, and then that 10 minutes started into 20 minutes and 30 minutes and so on and so forth to the point where now I have a goal, a set goal that I walk uh, 10,000 steps a day. But it started from one commitment because I realized that I had a little bit of time in starting small. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. And it's so funny. I am somebody over the course of this last year, I started in June, just wanting to, you know, get healthier, lose weight. I have grandchildren now. I want to be running around and playing with them and stuff. And I've actually lost 40 something pounds and all I do is walk. That's amazing. Congratulations. And I'll, I'll get a walk in. That's a half hour. There are days that I'll get a walk in. That's, you know, two and a half hours. It really just depends on the day and, and what I'm doing and, and everything else. But it's, uh, I, I think that that is so smart. I was just talking to a friend of mine about that. I said, trust me, just walk around your building complex once 
and do that for a week. And then you know what? Do a lap and a half. You don't have to break speed records, but little things like that can help you just, it's, it's amazing. It doesn't have to be this tremendous, oh, I'm going to go to the gym two and a half hours a day. And it doesn't, it's little tiny things. So I love that you pointed that out because it is, it's important. So I have to ask you, beyond helping others recover from anxiety and depression and things like that, how did becoming an example for your children fit into you acquiring well and wealthy? Yeah, that's a great question. Thanks for asking that. So as I look five, 10 years down the line, I have a, my kids are 12 and eight, um, and especially for my eight-year-old. And I'm, I'm looking at how quickly technology is transforming our lives. And as I look back at my own, you know, career, professional life journey, you know, I kind of say that I probably had four or five mini careers in the 25 years that I've been working. And I think it's actually going to be more than that for, especially for my eight-year-old. And so also, I think that we're starting to see, you know, the college degree not promise all that it used to, right, as an entry and having a middle-class life. So I want to prepare them to make sure that they are nimble and can adapt. And that's one of the reasons why I acquired Well and Wealthy, because I wanted to be an example for them to show that no matter where they are in life, that they can go after a dream. I've had a goal to be an entrepreneur for 15 years. 10 years ago, I tried to do my own startup and that failed. And I didn't try again for five years because I had so much fear about it. So that's kind of, I wanted to be an example to like get up and try again. The other thing is, is that I think my children are going to need to have multiple income streams because there's a lot of downward pressure on incomes and it's a multitude of factors. In addition, just with the state of, from our country's, you know, financial situation, um, taxes are going to have to increase in the future, right? So I just think that they, that they need to be thinking about having multiple income streams to have a life that they want to have and not relying on just one business or a job to sustain the lifestyle that they want to have. And so I wanted to be an example of establishing multiple income streams. I think that that is a great way to end this conversation because such an important thing to instill in our kids that are growing up now. So Natalie, as you're wrapping up, what do you want to leave our listeners with and how may they reach out to you? I want to leave the listeners with remembering the term maniacal prioritization. And when you're trying to, whether it's around recovering from anxiety or depression or is like when you have a goal that you want to set, setting yourself up for, for failure in my experience is going back to something that you said. I used to say, I want to go to the gym for an hour every day. I was setting myself up for failure by setting that expectation. I needed to get very, very small. And so my life experience has taught me that around maniacal prioritization has been the best way that I've been able to achieve goals over a longer period of time, yes, than I would have rather had, but nonetheless achieve them. It's about starting small. It's about um, set, getting something that's so, that's so simple to, that you can achieve to, 
success and then building upon that success. And as it relates to self-care, by focusing on one, two, or three small self-care actions and doing those consistently for at least three days, that's, if you have three self-care actions and you've done those consistently over three days, that's nine self-care actions that you've taken, right? There's a record of success there. And then you can build upon that. And that positivity builds on that success. And that success builds on that uh, so that there's more positive momentum. And so all of a sudden, over, you know, months, weeks, dare I say years, you can realize the change and realize the goals um, that you have in, in, in life. And so that's what I would love to leave your listeners with. In terms of how they can reach out to me, they can reach out to me at natalie at wellandwealthy.org. We are also on um, Instagram at wellandwealthy, uh, on Facebook, wellandwealthy, and on Pinterest at wellandwealthy. Natalie, thank you so much for coming and sharing your journey with us and the work that you are doing at Well and Wealthy. I really applaud it. And I thank you for taking the time to come and be with us today. It was really my pleasure. Thank you so much. Mine too. And for all of you tuning in, thank you so much for being here with us. We're going to close out with our fabulous theme song from Smith Sisters and the Sunday Drivers. So till next time, this is Dory DiCarlo saying go out and create a marvelous you. Bye for now. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true.